Blog Talk Radio. All right. Uh, welcome to the end within. Glad you could join us. Glad to be back. I don't know what that was, but. Okay, hold on just a second. I've got a slight. Okay, maybe I'll quit. I hope. Uh, don't know why that happened. Let me see. Uh, let me try that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I've been having machine problems, as you know. And, of course, I got what I thought everything was fixed uh, with my machine. And, of course, you know, Windows 8, let me, let me give you a piece of advice. Uh, stay away from it. Don't go, don't go Windows 8. And, uh, the reason I tell you that is, uh, I'm going to quit these. Yeah. Let me see. This is crazy. Hold on a second. Hey, Brent. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Oh, okay. I know what's wrong. It's not coming through my headphones. Hold it. Hold on. Okay, maybe tell you what, let me disable those. Yeah, what's happening? I'm getting volume twice on my end and it's uh and it's fade I mean it's uh come it's a delay and I hear myself and it messes me up big time. <laughs> okay. Let's see, I disable that sucker. Because if I don't, we'll be here all night and I'll be. Okay, well. Nah. Okay. Hopefully. No, that didn't work either. Okay. I don't know what the hell it's doing. All right. Okay. Let me see. Let's try this. Just turn them off. That's what I'll do.
Oh, yeah, it's uh, like I got two microphones on, and I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, let me go get my cell phone and dial in that way. Uh, I think it's going to be the only way I'm going to be able to do it. Be right back. Okay, uh, Brent. Uh, Brent, you there? yeah, I can hear you. you hear I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I, I got you, man. Uh, yeah, I give up on uh, that at least for now. Uh, what was happening? I would say something, and then about three minutes later, I hear myself saying what I said three minutes ago, <laughs> 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 and it was like, what? Anyway, as I was saying, you know, don't let that fool you. Uh, I finally got my machine away from Windows 8. All right, I went back to Windows 7. And for those of you who hadn't taken the plunge, don't. It's not worth it. You know, just stay away from it. Because, yeah, I think I hear hear the speakers now. Yeah, it's coming through the headphones. Let me fix that. I must have it pulled up. That's what it is. I've got it pulled up on a page somewhere. And it's playing. But, uh, yeah, anyway, what uh, had, had happened is that I'd uh, taken the Windows 8 plunge some time ago, thinking that that was going to fix my other problems with the disk drive, and then uh, I have rebuilt this machine probably about, uh, let's say, as as many times as they have tried to get uh, emails from Hillary Clinton. <laughs> let's just say that. Uh, because I tell you, I've been through the ringer with this machine. I was seriously, I mean... I have never been so tempted as to uh, wanting to throw a machine out in the middle of the street as I have with this one. And uh, I was about damn near close to doing so. But anyway, I apologize for the delay. I'm glad to be back. Uh, you know, you know this, this thing about live radio, you never know what to expect. So uh, we're back, uh, and we hope you know, we're back for a long, lengthy time. As I put on the, you know, tonight's uh, narrative, but, you know, I've had some time to do some introspection on my own uh, over the last several weeks. Of course, you know, I've had a lot of things going on uh, health-wise with, with me in terms of, you know, my back, started physical therapy again, uh gonna have cataract surgery uh, next week and hopefully get 
uh, my vision back in my right eye. Uh, right now, I can. I don't see, but you know, I can't really discriminate what things are in my right eye. It's still there, but uh, it's worsening. It's getting to the point. It's really affecting my reading. I can't read, so. Uh, you know, good thing I know the shapes of stop signs, and I can still see red lights. You know, and I can still I can still drive without a problem. The only time it is at night. You know, when it hits that bad lens in your eye, it just echoes, man. It was worse than what was happening a while ago. But uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about over that period of time is, uh, you know. We're here. We, we there's nothing we can say anymore to try to convince you that you know we're not we're not. Yeah, this isn't conspiracy theory anymore. We're living a conspiracy, and I'm not, I'm I'm done with trying to convince people that. Uh, what's going on in this world. And uh, I've kind of like, okay, we've got to set our sights on, you know, what's on the other side of the storm. There's there's, there's nothing at this point we can do to stop it. Because uh, it, it's going to come through. I mean, this storm's going to come through no matter what it is. I mean, we can... Slow it down. Maybe, perhaps, we can attempt to do what we can to lessen the punch. But you know, the storm is coming. Uh, you know, I don't know what that means to each and every one of us economically, uh, from a socio-political standpoint or socio-economic standpoint. I, I do know we've we've got uh, you know inmates in the asylum that that uh, are bent set on radicalizing the United States in every shape, form, and fashion, and uh, you know they're going they're out going obviously outside the rule of law. We're no longer living the laws. In, in, as written by Congress, we've got uh, basically an administration who is totally, totally usurps the law, and uh, we can't, we don't really have a, you know, the military is also partially responsible when everything else fails. The military responsibility is to stand up and then do what it has to do to overthrow a tyrannical government. But obviously we've got infiltration in all areas of government, uh, from State Department, from the administrative, from the legislative, and from, uh, I mean, put it this way, it's it's so deep, there's, there's no way to to squelch it. We're you know, we're just gonna have to prepare for what's coming. And I have a feeling it won't be long from now. And 
Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Brent? You kind of feel the same way? Are you at that point yet that we've done all we can? Or <clears throat> I've been at that point for a long time. I I go back to whenever we started this show, and that was back in 2011 when you and I, well, you started the show, and then I came on in 2011 that summer. And, man, we did some researching like nobody's business. I mean, we'd, we'd pick a topic. Uh, we were doing sometimes two or three shows a week during that time, you know, when we first started, instead of just the one a week. Uh, and I remember we really started. Day. What's that? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, we uh, used yeah, to do yeah, one you... every day. But uh, uh, yeah. that, that got wow. to where it was just way too much. But, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I, I can just remember that our our focus was we would pick a topic, and yeah, it's, this is our show, and I'm me and you're you, and yeah, we'd get off topic every so often because that's just the way this show is, and I like that about it. You know, we we uh, we cover a lot, we tend to cover a lot of details in in two hours, but I remember we would would just pick that one topic and research the hell out of it, whether it was um, you know researching some history about Germany and how it tied into where we are today. And I just don't have that. Uh, I don't have the fire I had back then. You know, no, I, it, 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 and I know you don't either. I know, I know both of us don't. And uh, but I think it's because we've we've exhausted as far as you know our part in the show trying to get people to wake up. I think just like you just said at the very beginning, whoever is going to wake up has already woken up. Okay. Um, except for, uh, I guess, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, there's some 16, 17 year olds out there and, and hopefully, you know, they'll hear the, the Michael Nunleys and the Joanne Moretti's of the world, you know, as they get up in age and, and get that good, uh, foundation, you know, going into adulthood, you know, um, but it, it just, I've got, I'm, I'm done arguing with people. You know, if you notice, I think I was on Twitter one time last month. You know, as far as anything yeah. political, uh, I just don't. I don't. Ha- I have no reason to argue with Oliver Willis of media matters anymore. He is who he is. He's he's a a, a sheep. He is fund. He he works for a five hundred one c three whatever they are, and and whatever the Clintons and the Podestas and and the David Brocks of the world want him to do, then that's exactly what he's going to do, and they're going to pay him to be just a dumbass. And there's nothing I or you are going to do anything to change, you know, that guy. And people like him. And so I just don't really, I don't don't engage in that stuff anymore. I don't really see where it's real beneficial to do anything like that either. Um, It's not. It's it's become a mute point. I mean, you know, you've got basically, like like, you know, we've compared it to in the past, like, you know, watching a ping pong game uh, between, you know, the left and the right. The left gets a pound of flesh, the right gets flesh, the left gets a pound of flesh, the right... And it's you know just this yo-yo of back and forth and and it's all a game. It's all kabuki theater. And uh, you know once you step back from it and quit participating in it, 
you really see that there's no there's not a dime's worth of difference between one side and the other. Just one of them happens to have an elephant as a logo, and the other one happens to have an ass as a logo. So, you know, it's, uh, but as far as their political ideas, you know, it's kind of like, you know, dark roasted coffee or Guinness beer versus a light lacquer. (laughs) 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 You know, I mean, it's like, you know, trying to drink with the Irish or trying to drink with the... Slomo pansy ass from New York University. (laughs) (laughs) And no offense to the good folks at NYU. I mean, you know, I know there's some, probably some good folks up there. It's going to be difficult to find them. You damn sure can't see them on Waters World whenever he starts talking to them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to a point I've watched society decay so badly and it and it just oh, it infuriates me to see what's, you know, continuing down in Ferguson and them still doing everything they can to keep that fire stoked, you know, and uh in the holder that oh man, the audacity of saying he's got the power to intervene in the Ferguson Police Department. He doesn't have that power. I mean, everybody should should be just going crazy as hell about him claiming to have that power. Uh, but uh, it's, it, 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 you know, hearing that, yeah, I heard it this morning, and, and then, of course, they've been playing it on the news. It's like, you know, Mr. Don't. Well, there are those who believe, yes, he's got the power because he is who he is. You know, screw the Constitution, screw everything else. You know, he's representing uh, the ever thriving or ever attempting, he's attempting to put down the man. In other words, you know, he's he's sticking it back to the man. And that's what they're doing. I mean, this is all racial. It's it's all racial bias. And it's not from, uh, you know, whites. No, it has nothing to do with the whites. And it has little to do with the blacks, really. It is a radicalized element that has buddied up to uh, radical Islam. And these are revolutionaries we're talking about. They're masters at their game. And there's, uh, unfortunately, the money is on their side. They're just, I mean, they're just pissants doing the job that they piss ant does that they uh pretty much take care of the queen, you know, the George Soroses of the world. While George Soros, you know, pours them honey, they keep eating it up and uh, you know, they'll do anything he asks them to do. 
and I can't, you know, we we can't tell folks that anymore. I mean, if they're not listening by now, you are not going to hear the message. I mean, simple as that. And, you know, the only thing is, is, is the good people of this nation, you know, they're going to come at you. They're going to sucker punch you. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to sucker punch you every every way they can to get you to react. Because now they're looking, I mean, seriously, to pick a fight uh, using our military, mostly uh, our local police departments. Now it's moved into our local uh, police agencies and local uh police jurisdictions. It's it's no longer, you know, focused well, our military's been deployed for fourteen years and I will imagine they will continue to be deployed because uh they don't want the military getting involved in this. Simple as that. But uh I wish there was something I could say that was more positive. I think what the mission should be, at least for those of us who are in the know and, you know, who don't want to play the game any longer, is uh, look ahead. Because uh, you know, I know, uh, Joanne knows, Carol knows, Lisa knows, you know, JoJo knows. I could go down the line of everyone that we know who has been, you know, beating this horse. And we all know that uh, what's coming, there ain't no way to stop it now. And you're just going to have to hang on. Because, uh, you know, the chances to get off this road was a long time ago and we we happened to miss all the exits so now it's uh you're gonna have to ride this storm out you know i hope you make it out on the other side and that's the best thing that we can do is what what can you do to prepare for these things what exactly is it that is coming i guess it's what we need to determine uh we know one thing that is coming that's inevitable is we're going to have a uh, economic collapse at some point. There's no way to get around it simply because we've printed money and we've printed ourselves into a hole that we will never get out of. We, print, we have printed a hole as big as our national debt of 18 plus trillion dollars and there's no way last I heard it would take every man, woman, child uh, in this country uh, it would cost them $160,000 a piece (laughs) to, to pay for to pay the debt and we're not, I don't think that's including the uh, unfunded liabilities is what they call it, you know, what they, what is Medicare, uh, 
you know, all the the entitlement programs. But uh, you know, right now what we owe China, what is on their books is, you know, just go to the debt clock and it'll show you, you know, it's like every few seconds, uh you know, it, it goes up another hundred thousand. Maybe maybe it's not a few seconds, but it it's it's might as well be but uh there's no way for any country to pay that. And I read today, and I'm sure this is true, that you're going to see this happening in Europe more and more, is that Greece is is going to seize Germany's assets for Germany's uh, responsibility of uh, what happened in World War II. You know, in other words, Greece is just going to take whatever Germany has in Greece and put toward their debt and basically say, hey, uh, Germany, it's because of your involvement in World War II, we're going to seize your assets. You know, that's like them telling us, uh, you know, hey, everyone south of Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, right along the Mason-Dixon line, we're going to seize your money and savings uh, and assets for your, your, your taking part in the Civil War. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this is, I swear to God, this is going to happen more and more. You're going to see this crazy idiocy where people say they're entitled to whatever they can get their hands on uh, using some sort of you know entitlement because of being put down by some faction in history that uh, gives them an out. You know, it gives them away, well, our country failed because the Germans wouldn't pay back their assets for their responsibility in World War II. And, you know, I can see this happening more and more so throughout Europe as things begin to crumble. Europe's going to topple first, uh, you know, and you can just watch it. I mean, pretty much the dominoes have already fallen. It's now... You know, it's going to take it a while. It's kind of like the embers are uh, glimmering a little bit. The fire really hasn't started, but it's it's starting to smolder. You know, just before you know, it, it lights up, and we we've got. You know the the economic situation going on in Europe. In addition to we have the the radical Islamic element going on in Europe, and those two combined together is you know it, Europe is not going to last. And they have already said they're tar- they're targeting the West. The West they're and believe me they they'll come. You know don't. Don't say they won't be coming. They will be coming because we have down on our Mexican borders, there's no one there to watch it. And they're coming 
you know, they'll probably be coming in the same damn Humvees we left in Iraq whenever we pulled out that they're driving around now. They'll probably be driving those right through the Mexican border. And I think what pisses me off more than anything is that our 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 government is the one that enabled them. You don't see them using, you know, uh, armament from Iran or armaments from the Soviets. You know, when I see images on TV of ISIS, they mostly have armaments from the United States and NATO. And if anyone is going to be accused of treason, it would have to be those who are responsible for those armaments getting in our, in other words, they're getting in the hands of our enemy. I mean, when when you're commander in chief, you no longer define an enemy, it's time to bring your troops home. And we've got a commander-in-chief right now that will not define the enemy because supposedly we're, it doesn't exist anymore. You know, what, what is, why are we over there? You know, if that's true, why are we over there? What's, what's the mission? What's, what's the game plan? You know, and it's basically kabuki theater. It's to, you know, number one, keep the military occupied uh, while he, being Obama, uh, gets his civilian forces in play. And I think you can see the pattern now. You can figure out what those civilian forces are, and it is the local police departments and the local uh, police agencies because they have been given this wonderful equipment these armored vehicles, these uh, machine guns, you know, you name it. Things that our, our normal police department wouldn't normally wouldn't have now, they, they've got them. And uh, one of the things that possibly could have set the ball, even the runoff further in Ferguson, you know, and I thought about this the first night it happened and it was when the Ferguson police turned a corner and here they were driving down the in the middle of Ferguson down you know right in the middle of uh, what was going on with that uh, military armored vehicle and you know Guys sitting up top with with a fifty cal look like, and uh, they had those those audio. Uh, what do they? I can't remember what they call them, but those sonic blasts where they, you know, pretty they, they, they which didn't do a damn bit of good. Apparently, they they had wised up to that. It didn't, you know, it didn't debilitate their their rioting that evening. But uh, 
you know, I don't know what you can do to convince somebody that this isn't being perpetrated <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> and and if you're one of those you're not convinced by now, but, you know, I I can't help you. I mean, you you go your way, I'll go my way, and you know maybe we'll see you on the other side. Maybe we won't. You know, but in either case, I know I I stood for my country. When I get to wherever I'm ultimately going to go, I can honestly say that I have stood for my country. And I'm, I can be damn proud of that. Uh, I stood in my country, you know, even when it hurt. Uh, and, you know, and I'm going to con- continue to stand for my country. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm getting, I feel like our troops, I'm about whooped. <laughs> you know, after six years of doing this, you know, every day, and like you said, the the research that we poured in to try to find out exactly what's going on, uh, you know, it's almost like there's no reason in research any further. We we've got to the bottom of the hole, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the progressives are really starting to. Really starting to show themselves, and something real interesting. I I don't get to listen to talk radio like I used to, and uh, I maybe get you know ten to fifteen minutes on my way home. And it used to be Mark Levin, but now it's uh, the Lars Larson show. And this guy, he, he's a smart guy, and he was doing a little thing today here in San Antonio locally. They were down at the Alamo, uh, I think the Alamo Cafe, and it was a local guy named Trey Ware, Jack Riccardi. A guy named Steve, who I'm not familiar with, and Lars Larson. And uh, Trey Ware and Jack Riccardi, I'm very familiar with. Uh, they're very good local uh, radio hosts who are on our side here. But Lars Larson said something real serious. and, and Because I've been I've been watching real closely this, this uh, Hillary Clinton email fiasco. And it doesn't surprise me one bit that she had that, that email server. I mean, that, that is uh, not a shock. Uh, the Clintons are the Clintons. Even their closest people who worked with them in the past say, man, they're the best liars in the world. They're the best Hollywood actors you'll ever see in your life. Totally believe that and have known that for years. But he said, oh, yeah. he, does watch, he said, watch how the left is treating Hillary Clinton right now. He said, they don't care if somebody is a pedophile. They don't care if somebody gets caught doing drugs. But if somebody becomes a loser... He said, "What? Look how they're pouncing on her." And I was like, "You know, he's right. You know, I never thought of it that way because right now, see, Valerie Jarrett and her little—I I consider her one of the top level above Obama as far as the little plan for the future. You know, if you think past 2016, whenever Barack Obama's no longer in office, okay, somebody's got to be there. And the fact—the very fact that they're going after the Clintons, the, the Washington Post wrote, uh, I believe they had a bad article about her. Uh, Bresn- um, what's that? What's that? Uh, MSNBC Bresnitsky—is that her name? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Morning with yeah. Joe. 
She says something yeah, to the effect. Yeah. What, what if this was Dick Cheney's emails? How would how would the mainstream media be reporting that? And I mean, she's a total lefty, and and that that's a very important point. The the left cannot tolerate a loser, and they see Hillary now as a loser, and so that tells me they're falling apart. Um, so that's you know one bit of good news that we have going for us. Uh, you know, they are going to find somebody else, whether it be O'Malley from Maryland or uh, Elizabeth Warren, the Cherokee. <laughs> Every time I see her in that headdress when they Photoshop her, I mean, I just crack up. And uh, Yeah, but... <laughs> but, uh, but they're, they're, they're going through some turmoil right now over there on the left, and I'm enjoying every damn bit of it. And so we'll see how it plays out. Well, the other thing, too, is, is uh, you know, watch, watch the other hand. There's always watch the other hand because uh, you know while, you know, the right hand is being played that uh, the left hand is probably doing something while you've been distracted now with Hillary and her email server, you know, which I I have some questions about that, you know, as far as uh, who I know, Hillary doesn't have the technical know-how to set up a server on her own. So, question is, who set it up? Who were the people that came in and set it up? Did they contract somebody? If so, who was it? And if they did contract somebody, was it someone with a clearance? Did they, you know, what sort of security protocols were in place when they had this email server installed or had this email server maintained? I mean, if it resided in her personal residence, who was managing the server? Now, there's questions that aren't being answered that no one's asking, and that's what I want to know. Who set the damn thing up? You know, and was it some of Soros' people? Was it, who was it? You know, I think if you could ever find out, do what now? So that's a very good question. Now we know it well, wasn't Al Sharp. We can we can take him and and take him off the list. <laughs> oh yeah, we definitely scratch Al off. We know Jesse Jackson didn't do it. We scratch him off. We know certainly you know, Obama and, and Michelle didn't. You know we know they didn't do it. Scratch him off. But that's the question: Who did set it up? Now it takes some technical expertise to do that kind of stuff. You got to know what they're doing. Now, uh, I think the uh, Clinton Foundation was, uh, I mean, was registered with, uh, was it GoDaddy or one of those? I can't remember. They they went through it, told everybody, you know, who had registered the URL. Hold on a second. I can find out right quick. Uh it wasn't GoDaddy. I heard the name too, but I can't remember. Yeah, I heard it too. Let's see uh, who is 
that's all you got to do is run a who is uh, all together in Clinton Foundation. He said your science is bothering you. Mine, mine are too. So I think that's one of the things that we both have to look forward to. <laughs> uh, living where we live. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine for a lot of years, and then it just seems like here. Ever since I moved to San Antonio, they've got they they've come back. <clears throat> they have yeah, a lot of that cedar, the, cedar wood here, and man, it about drives me insane. Yeah, I grew up around pollution, you know, pollution from oil refineries, and you know, there ain't nothing compared to this crap. Let's see, it's ClintonFoundation.org, wasn't it? Uh, ClintonEmail.com, I think, was the was the uh, server name. It was real weird. And who names their domain email? <laughs> well, let's see. If uh, you can name the, you know, the first part of the. The uh, servers, whatever is the last two, the the dot org, the the uh, whatever's prefixing the dot org, you know that's yeah. what you're you're registering. So email dot Clinton Foundation dot org, you can do that off a single uh, off a single. Let's see, email Clinton. Uh, come on. Oh, no, no. Oh, well, I have to try to look it up later. Uh, I have to... Uh, trying to do a who is search, but I'm not sure exactly... Uh exactly what the name is in order to do it. Let's see. Here we go. The IP address. Why is a private equity firm linked to Hillary Clinton's email? Okay, it says here the IP address of Hillary Clinton's private email address appears to be connected to a private equity firm in Massachusetts. GotNews.com has learned. GotNews.com analysis. Clinton's IP address to Castania Partners, a $600 million uh, fund based in Newton, Massachusetts. The first reporter to weigh in on Clinton's emails was Aaron Gardner, former RedState.com. Let's see. We dug into it more, and there's something suspicious yeah. about. <clears throat> yeah, that Aaron Gardner name rings a bell from Twitter. I mean, it seemed like I yeah, came across it, it quite a bit. I don't really see, the, remember anything personal about it. The IP address they discovered was 208.91.197.27. So they ran, you can run, okay, which they got the URL in here. So I'm going to put that in, run that. It should pop up. 
Confluence Networks Inc. And I'm not sure what that's trying to let's see what it says going down. Over a thousand websites use this IP address. Other journalists are busy running this down. Uh but here are the two others I have discovered associated with ClintonEmail.com. Yeah, let me look at ClintonEmail.com. <clears throat> and let's say they probably done scrambled to uh, get that off. Yeah, that's who I want to know. Who set this thing up? And here it is. Let's see. It's registered by Network Solutions. Uh, Looks like they purposely have omitted some information here. Uh, here we go. Let's see if this one says. Yeah, bear with me. We're just still a little investigating while we're on this show. Let's see. Yeah, it, they, uh, Kirkland, Kirkland, Washington, and yeah, uh, I imagine this stuff is being probably as quickly being covered up as it gets found. They probably, you know, it's funny how this information like this disappears rapidly as they find it. So, but yeah, you're right. That is that is strange. Now that I know what the name of the URL is, that is strange that they named it uh, specifically ClintonEmail.com. And makes you wonder, what other kind of machines do they have? They've got email servers. What other kind of servers are they running? Yeah, I'm over here looking. Yeah, I pulled up that. Confluence Networks, and there's, I'm not getting anything, just has a list of websites. <clears throat> the only thing weird I said, the other websites they host, the only thing weird that showed up was uh, Solar Panels Africa. But it's kind of hard. I'm, my eyes are. Solar Panels know, Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going on. They're evidently they're worldwide. I mean, it's Confluence Networks is is all over the globe. So, but I think we can research all this later on. Yeah, so to, but it it, <laughs> it it is interesting to watch Hillary implode. And as you were saying, it is it you know they have th- they have completely thrown her under the bus. I mean, she's she's right now mince meat. 
And I will imagine she will continue to be grinded, you know, into oblivion. To, I, I noticed That's that her press, you know, what struck me at her press conference, because I saw that, was, and uh, who's the guy, Frank Luntz, uh, he, he pointed it out, too, is that Hillary didn't once look at, you know, the people in the audience, or she, she looked upward at, you know, in other words, she purposefully looked elsewhere other than toward the people, you know, she was addressing. I, I was able to watch the whole thing. I was off that day. Uh, I, this week's been a different week. I was off on Monday and Tuesday instead of Tuesday and Wednesday. And so I was able to catch it, you know, live as it was going on, and I just couldn't. All I kept saying was, my God, look how smug this woman is. I mean, it was, her body language was so horrible. I don't think a person could rehearse to get any worse than that. Uh, She was, you know, had her nose in the air. And then toward the end, you saw her scramble. That's when things started getting tense, because what happened was she lost control of the conference. <clears throat> or the the uh, the presser because she she was expecting the guy to her left. I think his name was Nick. I think she said, "Hey, Nick's gonna pick out the reporters." And so they started with the softball questions. Whoever this this guy picked out, well, the reporters got tired of that crap real quick, and so they all started coming at her. And it was one of those you know pressers where, hey, whoever speaks the loudest and keeps going is the one that gets the question in. And man, she got real real tense and nervous and she just went straight to her notes she started flipping pages and reading talking points and then her handler uh the female came and tapped her on the shoulder and she was gone it was like hey you know it's yeah. getting too too rough in here out of here bye <laughs> well, very, very, I, very, I, uh, I don't think i've ever seen her you know with her back against the wall like that and her displaying, you know, in other words, most times she's the, the Clintons have been able to use that demeanor, but you know, both of them, the Clinton demeanor, as I would call it, to breeze past whatever obstacle, you know, whatever lie they had to tell to to get through whatever was going on, uh, they would do it, you know. And remember when she addressed Congress and she told her, you know, what difference does it make about my Paris? In other words, she wasn't there this time. That that wasn't a rehearsed moment. And you could tell she was totally out of her base. And, And she obviously didn't rehearse her address and she didn't rehearse her... Uh, the way she was going to respond afterwards and certainly didn't rehearse her body language because that's what what spoke uh, more loudly than anything else. In other words, she didn't have to listen to what she was saying. All you had to do was watch her. And you knew. I mean, you knew uh, what it was that, I mean, that she wasn't being truthful. And I, how could you? Uh, that's another question. Is uh, for the your t- 
tenure, you mean you didn't have one email that was sensitive that went through your server to your BlackBerry? You know. Yeah. Something else that she said, this is real important. Uh, I ran, I was at work and I ran down the road uh, to get something to eat real fast and then come right back. And so I caught maybe 10 minutes of Hannity and he had Jamie Dupree on there. Jamie Dupree is a really smart guy. Uh, he, he's one of those guys that will just sit there and go through legal document after legal document after legal document. And, and he, that's just what he does. You know, he has, he has that patience to do that. He was saying that whenever she said, look, whenever I sent emails, they went to .gov, uh, .gov email addresses. So, that anything that I sent has to be on those those uh, emails, those servers. They're, they're required by law to keep all of those. Comes out, that's a total lie. Those laws don't go into effect until after 2016, the end of 2016. The way he said, the way the law reads now is each federal employee has the right to discriminate whether an email is a government email or a personal email. Each individual federal, federal employee, that's huge. So that law is not in effect yet, according to Jamie Dupree, and who I trust. I don't have any reason not to trust that guy. I don't know if you don't know if you've ever come across him. Um, he's well, I, kind of redheaded. Yeah, I, I know you're talking about, and uh, you know the thing too is I, I know those those email servers are they're stored uh, basically in a lockdown uh, server room somewhere. Uh, <laughs> In a government facility, I don't know who has. Yeah, yeah, the server, the server is is the server is is you know in a guarded location. But as far as deleting emails, that each employee has the right to determine whether it's personal or government. Yeah, I mean, there's not like the there's not like the chairman of emails for the State Department who makes that determination or a, or a committee that makes that determination as, as far as what needs to be deleted and what doesn't, um, you know, each is just up to the individual, you know, but in 20, at the end of 20, 2016, which that's when Obama is going to be gone, then it's going to be a more strict sort of a law. But right now it's a little bit lax. Yeah. That, I, I I don't know I, I know how it is you know with the military yeah I, I can't speak for uh, you know the the government because uh, uh, you know working in for the military it was dot mil dot gov I think and uh, you know, but I I'm sure the government probably works a little differently in terms of because I know it was very locked down in terms of uh, whatever came to and whatever went from. I think you had to have uh, digital certificates, too, you know, as far as encryption, you know, between on the way to its uh, or uh, to its destination and from the destination back to where it originated. It was supposedly had to be encrypted, you know, I don't. I'm not sure what it is for the State Department. Obviously, you know, 
with this administration, is no matter what the law was, it would be circumvented. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They would, they would find a way to weasel around it, you know. And it's it, oh god, that reminds me. I just came to mind about those the 47 senators they want to try for treason, you know, because they, they you heard about that. That's one I, I haven't really heard about. I just know there's a letter uh, that was sent, and it had I haven't I haven't really researched it, but from what I understand, they sent Iran a, a letter saying that any any treaty that Iran goes into with Obama it's non-binding, and John Kerry evidently said the same thing. But the Democrats are all up in arms, saying they're going around the president. Is a member right on that? Yeah, yeah, and that they're wanting to try those 47 senators for treason because of uh, sending that letter to explain to the Iranian uh, diplomats and uh, the the Iranian leaders that uh, the the way it works is that it has to go through Congress. You just can't have a head of state, you know, negotiating without the involvement of Congress and the committees and who is it that's really calling? Is it is it other senators who are calling for the treason, or, or is it media outlets? Who's exactly behind that? No, it, it's it's some of the other senators I believe that are calling for, like members of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, no doubt. I'm I'm sure are involved in that. You know, and if that is true, then I would like to ask uh, Mia Love, or what was what it in that her name? Mia Love, does she stand with, with the Congressional Black Caucus in that decision? You know, in other words, do you believe they they have the right to go after their fellow senators about you know explaining to the Iranian leadership that uh, there's a process that has to be withheld or at least be held in high regard because that is how our government operates or at least the way it is according to the Constitution. But of course we know we've got someone up there who's who's kind of who's uh, I mean, might as well say it he's just taking the Constitution and taking a crap on it. You know, uh, him and his and when in the hell is Holder going to leave? He's been he's like a booger. He won't, you know. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to get this. This. Uh, I think they were thinking they could just breeze this. Uh, oh, what's her name? She's from New York, Brooklyn office. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But I think they thought they would just push her through real fast, get the confirmation. But that didn't happen. Uh, evidently, she's got some scandals going on, too. And... He said that he's not going to leave until a new attorney general is appointed and confirmed, you know, through Congress. Oh, out of the goodness of his heart, he's going to stick around like a booker. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he rolled, Mike. <laughs> I swear, you know, because he's been the uh, the longest sitting uh, attorney general who quit and left his post and, you know, he's still occupying the seat in which he held. In other words, 
guess he's actively but non-actively working for the government still, although he never worked. He wasn't working for this government. I don't know what government he was working for, but damn sure wasn't this one, at least it's supposed to be. But, uh, you know, him saying, though, that he had the power to go into Ferguson and and basically fire every policeman on that force and, you know, rehire based on uh, those officers he sees fit. That's what he implied today. I mean, he had the gall and audacity to say that on on, uh, on live television or at least uh, in front of the camera. And, you know, and I, and I can't believe that, well, number one, the governor of Ferguson, the leadership or the governor of Missouri and the leadership of Ferguson wouldn't stand up and say, you know, hell no, you're not, this is over, it's done with, you stay the hell out. You, know, you would you, think that that would see. That's why this this administration just keeps getting bolder and bolder and bolder, because you don't have the governor of Missouri standing up and shooting down stuff like that from the get go. Well, a I mean, and as long uh, as people let them do it, then they're going to do it. I think the AG of uh, Missouri, you know, is the one that outed the governor saying that he was complicit with Obama in withholding any military or police uh, force against Ferguson and basically allowed to burn the the city down. And he's the one that gave him the order to stand down, let him, you know, let him run wild and throw Molotov cocktails, you know, and what kills me, I, I know most of the people that were stoking the fires wasn't wasn't even residents of the damn city, uh, right? And, but but those who participated in it mostly were residents of the city. And I'm thinking to myself, now what the hell are you going to do when you go to you know the local market and any there no more because you burned something? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I don't even know how to answer that one. I mean, pure stupidity. Yeah, well, I well, I mean, that's just it. And it's like, well, what's that? I love what I love to see. I love to see them. uh, You know, somebody catching them on camera, running away from the camera, and watching their little their little bitty short steps that they have to take because their their pants are down around their ankles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, I got to go okay. <laughs> you can't catch me, okay. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's so sad. You gotta find something to laugh at, yeah. And well, that's just it too. Another thing, this this coming year was going to hit 
uh, the kids the fact that uh, if they didn't have insurance and they were at the age of 26 and they didn't have insurance for year 2015, they're going to uh, have to start paying that penalty, right? Is that true? Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought. And most of them hadn't come to the realization. Well, some of them have. They've already, some of the kids in the universities, obviously, have had professors who've been talking about it. And so they've been lectured to, you know, say, hey, guys, you realize you're going to have to pay a tax, a tax for not having health care. And, you know, and it kills me because that's when people are going to, Say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you can't do this. This ain't right. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who's heard a lot of that is my wife. I can't disclose who she works for, or where she works. We'll just put it to you this way: she, she, it's, uh, it, it, she works uh, for an attorney or attorneys, and it's a very unique job because she has to. She could call just somebody who didn't pay up who didn't pay a ticket, you know, and, and a certain county, uh, you know, gave the law firm, a, you know, turned it over to them, and so she'll say, look, man, if you don't pay, they're going to come get you, and you're going to have to go to jail. Then she deals with it. She has like a, it's almost like an FBI database. I mean, she when she's talking to people on her computer screen, she has told me that she sees some crazy stuff, man, because sometimes it's prisoners who have already served time, but whenever they get uh, put in prison, they have their time, plus they have fines, too. And if they don't pay those fines, they go right back. And so it's a, it can oh, okay. be stressful at times. But uh, she said, see, a lot. this is their busiest time of year, whenever the income tax starts rolling in. And she said, Brent, she goes, these people are pissed off because they didn't know. They ain't been watching. Well, they hadn't been listening to the in within, you know, for the last few years like they should have been. And uh, this, they're getting this. Their tax money is is being taken away from, them, or their tax return, uh, because of you know they're having to pay these these penalties because they don't have the insurance. And she said it's crazy yeah. because these people are all kind of pissed off, you know. And uh, which if they'd have paid attention, you know, they would have. Well, they would know about that, it. you know, I'm not sure, and I, but I I think it's true that whatever they didn't pay you know, in the prior year that when they do pay on it, they'll have to pay it with interest. That I don't know, but but the only thing that that I think the Obama administration did, and I think this, or he attempted to do, um, was the only time that people are actually paying these fines is if they have a return coming to them. I don't know if they've actually going after the people who don't owe any income or don't have any tax return money coming back to them. Yeah. Uh, well, but that, again, that's him. You know, I don't agree with this law one bit, but. Well, no, hell again, no. This is the, this is the president acting on his own to save the democratic party's votes as much as he can, which is complete bull crap. Well, what gets me is the total, you know, is that these, these bloviated blowhards up in Washington, you know, took advantage of the people who 
can least afford it because they knew that there was no way that they could understand it, okay? Uh, and they, uh, you know, the young people, they don't, you know, they don't give a damn about insurance, it's, you know, until they uh, get to a point where they start thinking about, well, you know, this will cost a lot of money, you know, maybe I need to think about getting some. I didn't think about it. I had my first daughter was born when I was 27. I started. That's when I started thinking about insurance. You know, so when I was, you know, 18 through 26, I didn't, I didn't care about insurance. You know, never even crossed my mind. But once my, you know, my well, daughter was born, you know, well, became, became a little. Is, now, where does the government have the, you know, the right to tax you for a, uh, whether or not your choice of whether or not to use a private enterprise, at least for now. I mean, healthcare right now is private. It's not government. And right. but the government has the, the within its laws that it can tax you whether or not, you know, you're on their government exchange or whether you are with have insurance coverage from somewhere else. And I can tell you from an IT standpoint what their goal is, what they're trying to do. And the data is more critical to them than anything else. They care less about patient care. They they want the data. You know, the the data is everything. The data is total control. Uh, well, it's the complete lie system. Once they get right. the data, then they can start doing the metrics against the data to figure out if you, Brent Mundlin, if you're if you're gonna have the right to live another year. You know, it's just like George Bernard Shaw said: you would have to stand in front of a bunch of Fabian socialists and justify your existence. You know where I would be more like Braveheart and turn my ass around and stick it in their face. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, (laughs) these, I swear, these elitists, and I'm not, I'm not talking about Obama now. He's not, I'm not, I'm not putting him in the same class as the elitists. He's, He's still, you know, he's still working for the man, believe me. He's just, you know, in a much uh, more expensive suit, but he's still working for the man. Uh, Yeah, and, you know, what what kills me is these people, the the ones who, you know, can have the money and the means and they can just thumb their nose up at, In other words, life on the outside of their elitist colony uh, means nothing to them. I mean, you know, the the, the movies are so close to laying it out for you now. I mean, if you can't pick it up now based on the movies that are being showed in the theaters about this is happening in your own backyard, then... 
there's no hope for you. You know, if you can't see the relevance of, uh, like, uh, the Hunger Games and what's going on today and, you know, how uh, government can turn on its own people, you know, then, hey, uh, there's no hope for you. In other words, uh, when the time does come and we all have to basically make a run for it, I'm going to have to go, see ya. (laughs) 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 Uh, Don't worry about me. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, hey, man, pity to be you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, why don't you write sometime? Let me know. Maybe they'll make a comic book or some sort of series of what's going to happen to you. Uh, Life's Walking Dead, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it, it, I, I feel sorry for the young people because, you know, I, when I was young, I couldn't, I could care less. I was so, you know, irresponsible about this kind of stuff. I, mean, I didn't have the need for it. At least at the time, I felt I didn't have a need for it, you know. And most young people are are that way. I mean, in their twenties, they don't feel like they have a need for it. You know, they don't. They feel like it's uh, money wasted because, you know, you go to prime it and hey, you know, you get what you need and you go home. Yeah, that's. That's how you played it in your twenties. I mean, that's how I did, yep. and that—that's how the kids today do it. And except, like you're saying now, once they realize that the government's coming in and taking some of their money away, uh, now they get angry. You know, yep. when they should have been up there standing with the the quote unquote tea baggers. Whenever they're up there bitching about it, I mean, there was there would have been more influence in numbers once they saw that uh, uh, the people they they were trying to basically screw were standing out there with a quote unquote teabaggers. So you know, hey, it's like I tried to tell you and. And the pity part about it is you're not really going to know what it says even by reading the damn law in front of you because it's so, uh, you know, vaguely written. Actually, it's the biggest waste of trees. Where are the environmentalists? I mean, really, it's the biggest waste of trees. What's the biggest waste of bites? Talking about net neutrality to, to send this crap across the internet to every Tom Dick and Harry. I mean, you're killing the the bandwidth, you know. That's the other thing, net neutrality. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. I noticed it got posted on the Blaze uh, shortly after you sent it around. So I didn't have nothing to do with that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, did you, did I, you try to read it? Yeah, I read. It's uh, I read 
Well, a lot I of, wanted the whole lot of that's a that's a hard read right there. You know. Yeah, it is. But I mean, what I was looking for, I was looking for keywords: uh, healthcare, and where healthcare was mentioned in there, because uh, you know that's part of the intent and purpose is as to uh, transmit data uh, back and forth across the uh, various countries and. For instance, uh, and also, you know, your medical data be able to transmit live MRI images uh, from one area to another. You know, in other words, maybe maybe the Surgeon General is going to sit down and look at your, you know, look at your MRI, your uh, com- uh, police composite, and also. Uh, your wanted poster and say, well, are we going to spend the money on them? <laughs> <laughs> let him go. Yeah, let him go. Cut him off. Yeah. It sucks to be him. Off with his head. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't feel bad. Well, you know, I'm in that same bucket. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, if like I said, if folks don't see this by now, because uh, we are, I mean, we're to the point we just laugh about it because I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, we've already seen the evidence. We've seen the documents. We've seen the slideshows. We've seen, you know everything that there is and try to show everybody that there is to see. I mean, I've shown people stuff and they just say, oh, man, somebody made this up. This ain't for real. And, you know, even after you point out, so there's the document number, government document number right there. They stamp it. Oh, man, somebody else did that. There's no way. You know. It's like, well, you know, sucks to be you. <laughs> oh, I know what I wanted to bring up tonight. Did you see that uh, that that anonymous video that the actually the group anonymous did to uh, Kanye West that I posted? Yeah, yeah, that was well, funny, man. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. You know, if there's one. There's one parasitic ass in the in the music industry, you know. There's nothing but uh, basically a leech off this administration's ass. It's, it's Kanye West, you know. I thought they just they made a very that 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 video could apply to so many people right now. Oh yeah, and you know, with the world going up in flames. You know, you've got ISIS, you've got Europe going to hell in a handbasket, you've got our debt, all of the, you know, you've got Greece bottoming out. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And so many people just want to concentrate on freaking being entertained. Just entertain me. So I don't have to think about it, man. Let me let me vote for uh, well, that, that dude, Obama. I'm vote, vote for Obama and, and, and entertain me. Is, and it's just hey. pathetic. 
you get you go back to basically the end of the Roman Empire. It was yep. the same thing. I mean, exactly. you know, they would uh, go to the Colosseum, watch the gladiators. Yep. You know, but for us, it's football, uh, you know, or soccer, or whatever your preference of sport is, or. Uh, I mean, there, there can be a balance. There can be a balance there, you know. I mean, I love inter- I love football. Uh, I love fishing. Uh, you know, but but I've learned how to balance it in my life. I've learned how to, you know, go to work. I've learned how to have fun, and I've learned how to do some damn research and pay attention to what's going on in this country and try to send the message that I feel like I should be sending to the masses. You know, whoever will listen. Yeah. You know, oh, I, hey man, I know that. But, I know. That. <clears throat> I, know I, I know you I, know that. But I'm just, I'm just saying. There's, but there's so many people out there right now that are just. It's nothing but just entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. And that's well, what they. That's what they live for. Most of them people are complete dullards. I mean, they're the type of people that you know. Jesse Waters off O'Reilly goes down and asks questions. Yeah. You know. They was asking um, uh, the one that he was asking about, you know, who won the Civil War, and they couldn't answer it. Right. And uh, and I've seen him ask questions like, "Who was our first president?" And they would say, uh, "In Franklin, <laughs> John F. Kennedy." Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, Ben Franklin, John F. Kennedy. Uh, What's funny is he goes to Ivy League schools and asks these questions. He's at Berkeley. You're, or it's, I don't know. Berkeley's not Ivy League, but but they're the elitist university. Oh yeah, uh, I hey, I, I I know. I've seen him go to these schools and he would ask, like you say, these very expensive. I mean, I'm talking about uh, six figures college institutions, you know, that you had to pay tuition for. Yep, uh, yep. And these kids can't, yeah, they can't, they can't answer. You know, if you were to ask, say, what do you, what do you wipe your butt with? Do you use a sandpaper or do you use, you know, the smooth, soft toilet paper? Uh, sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, I had. I noticed on my Facebook uh, uh, this past week, one of somebody I went to high school with. You know, but my son got accepted to Columbia University. I'm thinking he is so oh, screwed. He is so screwed. I'm not, I don't do that. I'm not, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't get into those arguments. You know, it's like okay, it's your business. Whatever you want to do. But Lord help you when he comes That's back to the not, small town, yeah. he grows Texas, and starts spouting this shit off that he learned up at Columbia. They'll they'll beat the crap out of him. <laughs> Yeah, hey, that's one thing, you know, where at least fortunately, if he goes up there and learns a bunch of crap, when he comes back home, he'll have to unlearn it. (laughs) (laughs) They've got their own little FEMA camp. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They'll be saying, boy, what, what, what is that again? Tell me again. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's why, you know, down here in the South, we don't play such games. (laughs) That applies to Texas, too. It applies anything below this uh, longitudinal line right here. You know, we don't speak that. It just uh, just because you went to Columbia don't make you no president. Well, at least it might. You know, the only thing is you got to have your record sealed. That's the only way you can be president. Yep. Uh, that's another thing. Well, what are we going to find out when they unseal those records? You know, uh, I, I mean, would you really even want to know? <laughs> I, I mean, wild well, those records. Yeah, well, I mean, what you would find out, I'm sure, is that what everybody has said for the last eight years has been right. You know, that, yes, he is Muslim. Yes, he's not a citizen. Yes, he's everything that everyone thought he was or he wasn't. Is going to, I'm sure, turn out to be true. But, uh, at that point, I mean, you know, who, who do you try? You know, or if you tried them, would they just uh, go to prison long enough to be pardoned? <laughs> you know, and I don't know. It, it's it's just crazy what what has happened to our country. And I'm so glad my grandfather, you know. God rest his soul, he's not here to see it, you know. And I'm glad a lot of the World War II veterans that passed away where they're not here to see it. I mean, honestly. Because, uh, you know, their generation, you know, they gave up so much not to be where we are today. And, you know... And I, I feel like we're such a disappointment in that regard, although we've done our damn business. You know, but you still like you feel like you fell short. And but it's what we are up against though hasn't it's not mortal. I mean that's a whole thing and you're not you're not up against anything mortal. You're not up against anything of the natural world. You're up against, uh, you know, principalities, just like it says in the Bible. Yep. And this this is a spiritual war. This is what we have to realize as a people, as a nation, that this is a spiritual war more than it is anything else. I mean, I'm just, not, one uh, thing I haven't kept up with. Speaking of, you know, I, <clears throat> whenever we start getting, you know, man, we've had some some spiritual conversations, uh, good versus evil, rather than, you know, you and I've been saying it's good versus evil versus left right uh, every ever since we started doing this radio show together. But every time we get into that, I can't help but think of Israel, and uh, I I really like Benjamin Netanyahu a lot. I agree uh, with. So many of the things he says, but I'm curious who is on the other. I haven't really looked into who's on the other side of this election. 
if he loses, who's going to be in charge? Uh, have you looked into any of that? Uh, no, I, I, I have heard my wife talk about one individual, but I know absolutely nothing about him. I don't even know his name. Yeah, I, know that I don't either. I've never seen his name pop up in the news anywhere. My my honest opinion before all this is over that Netanyahu will find a place in in world history, not just you know history for his country, but he'll also find find himself a very important part of our history too because of what he has done as a leader, and despite the odds. Uh, with everyone else against him, uh, you know, basically with countries saying they wanted to destroy him, he still had the balls to get out there and say, you can do what you want. Don't, we're not going to sit through it idly this time. And he, I, he's, he, I believe he's very, you know, and again, get back to the spiritual, I believe he's very spiritually fit. In his own way. Yes. No, he's not a rabbi. He's not a pope. He's he's not a priest, but he's grounded. He has that. And that's the only that, thing I going to say. This country, by the way, is is getting back to morals like, and he's a perfect example of what you You just said the, the key word, and that's grounded. Grounded in his faith, grounded in his... Uh, love of country grounded in you know principle and you're absolutely right that's the only thing that is going to save us uh, to help us rebuild and start again if we have to do so that is what's going to be the glue ultimately that holds us together you know is uh is the same thing that makes Netanyahu who he is. And it's unfortunate that we have, we there's no one presently we can look at and call them a hero. There's very few people we can look at and call them a hero. Unfortunately, most heroes don't live to tell their story. Uh, and some heroes live, but no one remembers their story or they don't care about their story. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that was the most touching about the whole, uh, well, the American Sniper movie was the scenes of the, you know, the funeral procession at the end where uh, everyone in Texas, you know, they were grounded in principle and they were grounded in love of country and they came out and they honored a hero. And I don't understand why people, you know, don't get it. You know, I don't, I don't understand why. Well, I do understand because I know who they are. I know what kind of people they are. These Hollywood smug types. I know. I know what they are, and they're they're not worth 
the air that they breathe, the the Liam Nelson and all these Hollywood leftists, I mean, pedophiles, uh, you know, that's another thing we need to talk about at some point or is the pedophilia that has come out. And I, I, I can guarantee you it's a hell of a lot bigger than uh, than that guy that was in the State Department. You know, the one that just got busted. That story is its kind of, uh, and I remember Glenn Beck came out and said, watch this story, because if it goes away, that tells you exactly what we're dealing with. We're dealing with pure evil. If, yeah. Now, I understand you have, you have that, that period where the accusation is there, and then they have to go through that. There's a little lull, and then it should come back. You know, after the lawyers have had their their uh, team, you know, get together and and do their uh, discovery and all that, it should get back. But when he goes when he goes to trial, if there's not a shitload of cameras on him, that's going to tell us a lot. Hey, I, I will tell you this from experience. You know, doing this show. Uh, there was about a week that we told the story of uh, Boys Town in Omaha, Nebraska, yep. and they had that incident out there with uh, a big named or highly revered uh, Republican, and which it was a ring of pedophilia. And it extended all the way back to D.C. in the cronies in D.C. And the, one of the uh, victims of it told basically similar stories to what you heard coming out of uh, this current story with uh, this guy in the State Department. And I tell you what, that was one of the worst weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I was attacked at all levels, all ends on that week. I mean, I, I played that documentary, and I we covered that mess, and I knew what we were up against. I mean, tell me, I knew exactly. I've always, what, I've always you know, we're getting man, we're getting deep on this one, but this is. Uh, my gut, and man, if y'all, to the listeners, if y'all have not read D.W. Ulsterman's books, please start reading. I'm talking about every one of them. Uh, a lot of them are short series books, uh, but he's got another one, and the main character is a, uh, he's he's a uh, former private investigator, and uh Man, he goes deep into some some sexual stuff in his books, you know. And it, it got me thinking: How come these some bitches are like, you know, almost ninety years old, like uh, Robert Byrd, and uh, he's dead now. But and that other that other old bastard from uh, Michigan, I can't think of his name. Why do they stay there? Why, do, you know? And I'm not. I shouldn't be calling names out or whatever. But but I, I feel like. Washington D.C. is is it just a such a sex driven place? No matter what the what these like, look at Bill Clinton. I mean, he's he ain't out of the woodwork yet, man. He's been going to that slave island 
it looks like. But I, I think they they're, they feel protected in Washington, D.C. to do just whatever the hell they feel like doing. And I think much of that has to do with sexual stuff. And that's why they say stay there so damn long. Because, I mean, think about it. I, you know, away from D.C., somebody's, you know, 86 years old. They're pretty much thinking about, you know, maybe not, you know, retiring completely, maybe doing a little bit of work once or twice a week, you know, putting in 10 or 15 hours a week and playing a lot of golf. But these guys want to, they want to stay there, man. They don't ever want to leave, no matter if they're 100 years old. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the biggest stories out there that has never gotten any exposure is probably what takes place at Bohemian Grove. And, you know, the person that really broke that, Alex Jones, you know, now, you know, granted, he's crazy to the loon, and he he's his delivery is you know isn't there to where people would take him seriously, and he will never get the credit he deserves. But you know, the Bohemian Bohemian Grove is for real. I mean, and oh, I've, I've, I've seen that. That's one. You know, Alex Jones. I've, I. Uh... You know, I, I try to. It's because he 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 does everything so dramatic. You know, every every topic you can, everything's just so damn dramatic. You know, it's like, dude, pick your moments. You know, it's oh, like yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. it's like singing a singing a song. You don't just yell at the top of your lungs the whole song. You go down, you go up, you go down, you go up. You know, and, but I did see that uh, that Bohemian Grove clip from him. Where, when he was questioning, and man, those people look nervous. <laughs> you know, so he oh, has yeah. his, legit, his legit moments, but he, if he wouldn't do all that other crap all the time, maybe people would take him more seriously. Well, it, it was uh, it was uh, Brad Meltzer's uh, Decoded uh, when that series was on. Uh, they actually did a show on Bohemian Grove, you know, the, the whole object of the show is to go to these controversial places and find out, you know, if what if there's any truth to it, does it have any credibility? And they did go to Bohemian Grove. I mean not during an event when they well you know, while things were going on, they went there just to go into the compound and just get some photographs and just gather whatever evidence they could. And man, they didn't even make it past the trees in the forest, and I mean, they were arrested. Yeah. And uh, that place is so heavily guarded and battened down. Uh, and I mean, there's a there's a lot to it, and it makes you wonder, you know, how how deep this goes, and and how you know, spiritually wicked these people really are and it's not uh like they're accidentally in it. No, they are purposefully conjuring up things that, you know, most of us don't know and most of us don't understand. And I mean Bo- Bohemian Grove when they start doing, you know, basically rituals involving child sacrifice, you need to pay attention. Because <laughs> it might be something, you know, 
that they're not just acting out at times. It may be something, you know, that they do for real in smaller circles. So, but I know the Boys Town incident uh, really shook me to the core once I started looking into it in, uh, in you know, playing it on this show and really explaining to the listeners what was going on. Uh, one of the guys, one of the kids that were, was there, you know, years later when he was grown or uh, or when he was adult age, he came forward. And I think, uh, you know, he... he he was he disappeared in a plane crash or something like that, you know, uh, or suicided. Or, you know, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, he was one of the main people who could testify exposing this group of individuals, and you know, uh, he didn't make it. But uh, then what we're looking at too now involving in Boys Town is the involvement as well of the Catholic Church. So you have to start, once you look into one, it kind of forces you to look into the other. Now, and to be honest with you, there's a part of the Jesuits I never would have thought that, uh, you know, I would be on that bandwagon, but there's some elements of the Jesuits that, you know, just worry me to the core or as far as rather really scares me to the core about who they are uh, because I never knew or understood for all these years exactly what potentially parts they may have played in, in some of these ill doings and uh, you know like Adam Weishaupt he was a failed Jesuit he was he basically uh, dropped out of, you know, the monastery and then turned atheist and then, of course, formed the the uh, Illuminati, which later came the Intelligentsia, which today is still alive, called the Intelligentsia, uh, or the Skull and Bones, or... Uh, what is it, Alpha Beta Kappa, or one of those fraternities? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's Alpha Beta Kappa. But uh, that particular fraternity, sorority, you you need to watch. You need to look and see all the people that came out of that fraternity or sorority. It will it will surprise you. Every person in government. Uh, usually came out of that fraternity. And I'm talking about, it's kind of like the Council of Foreign Relations is an extension of (laughs) this fraternity. And I may be right. I may have just stumbled onto it. That's exactly what Council of Foreign Relations is. It's just an extension of what this fraternity was in college. Because that's where things go wrong. When they these kids start stepping into these college institutions, and their minds get warped. I mean, seriously, their minds get warped by these ideologies and this trash they're pushing in these colleges. 
and you know it's sickening. But well, number one, the parents don't know they don't they don't tend to want to know as long as their daughter keeps their or son keeps their grades up and you know makes good use of mom of mom and daddy's tuition money they give them. Uh, you know, it's like I mean, in my opinion. My child's mind it was as precious as my child. In other words, you're not going to put a bunch of crap in my child's mind and get away with it. I mean, because his mind is as important as his body. And so if you desecrate one, you would desecrate the other. And so, you know, but... I think uh, most parents tend to forget that these days. They don't. They don't see one as as precious as the other. You know. I'm but, seeing. Uh, I'm seeing more of an awareness of of uh, the a lot of the parents that you know I associate with you know on Facebook and everything. And, and but I, I'm just noticing a lot more are paying attention to what their kids learning and what's being what's being fed to their kids, what's being told to their kids. Uh, they're checking into their homework a little bit more to see what they're learning. Uh, because every so often, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be scrolling through and there's a mother going, you ain't going to believe what my son brought home and what his teacher is trying to get him, you know, just common, ordinary. This isn't anything that's going to make the news. You know, it's, it's just common, ordinary people who are, they're finally starting to pay attention, you know, and hopefully yeah. that's, that especially needs to be true in our university system. Uh, I think we just need clean house on the university system. I don't know how you go about doing that, but man. Well, how you go about doing that? Number one, you starve them. You starve these universities of their their you know overpaid professors by you quit going there. In other words, you take your kids, you pull them out, and say no, you're not going to Columbia. You're going to go to a local technical college over here and you're going to learn a skill, something that yeah. you can actually use. I mean, you're not going to take this crap they teach you in college and pound in your head and then be able to use it and make a living for the most part, you know. Right. And then that's the other thing is that uh, what exactly what are the returns? I mean, that, that's what's crazy is that uh, the parents that's need to ask themselves exactly. uh, all, all the money that is put into a child's tuition, what is the return? I mean, what what is that child going to bear? What kind of fruit is he going to bear when he gets out? Is he going to be right. capable of holding down a job that requires him, number one, to do physical work, or a skill that may require him to do physical work to get him. It's by. just basic. It's basic math, you know. If if you're willing to pay student loans until you're 50 years old, is it really worth it? You know, I mean. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, hey, yearly paycheck is this, and your loans are that, and and I mean, I, well, the uh, I've seen it, man. I've seen when I was in real estate, I saw it, and I, I remember, you know, having. You know, Dennis going, man. I wish my student loans would go away. <laughs> what? Well, I tell you, you know? what. There's uh, uh, 
Beck's got something interesting coming up where he said he went out to Silicon Valley and he met a bunch of these, you know, real scholarly brainy types. Right. And uh, he said if there's any hope for America, it's within these brainiacs because they're more libertarian. They don't, you know, they, they're, they're, they just want to be able to do their thing, you know, be creative with their minds and not be stifled and, and by government. Yeah, and they're they're you know they're the inventors of tomorrow, and you know some of them may not be college educated. They may be you know just like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Uh, that you know, Bill Gates was the only thing about Bill Gates he was good at was being a cook, but uh, you know. Everything he got put into Microsoft, he stole it from somebody else. Right. Uh, I read his biography. Oh, he's a hard worker, though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a brilliant marketer. I mean, he can market the hell out of a product. I'll give him that. Yeah. But it was his. I'm sure his his dad carried a lot of clout because he was uh uh. He was like a board of directors on two two major, I think, retail uh, corporations. I can't remember what they were. It may have been Sears, you know, maybe one of them. But uh, he definitely had some clout. You know, Steve Jobs, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know that he had, you know, the influence that uh, his job that uh, Bill Gates' his father may have had. I think Jobs was more, you know, he had to do it on his own. Right. And it was nice to see Steve Jobs, you know, basically uh, cover Microsoft in the end, you know. Right. Yeah. They deserve it. I mean, they, they really came up with invented, uh, you know, things that, that people wanted technology-wise. Uh the question is, is, what exactly am I holding in the smartphone? <laughs> you know, what exactly? Have you ever asked yourself what all the capabilities in this smartphone that there are that you may not know about? Man, uh, I, you know me. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not into the technical stuff. I mean, it just, it's not something that. I've ever really gotten it. I don't know what it is, but I just, you know, I, I can figure stuff out, but, but I'm not one that's going to delve into the total inner workings of how this thing works. I just know it turns on, it turns off. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I actually went, how many years did I go with that? Maybe three and a half, four years. I mean, I just put them down, you know. And uh, Rhonda's wrote, the only reason I have is because my wife's, Pretty much went to you know to the store and said and came came to my work one day and goes here I bought you a, bought you a phone because <laughs> I can live without oh man. yeah I don't well care. I mean and, they're uh, great and, and, and you know and I I love mine and yeah. I I don't I'm not real certain of all its capabilities uh, but it seems like you know there every other day I'm finding out there's something on here that I didn't know that was in here, you know, that you find out that uh, the, the capability was built in 
so they can access the camera at any time, you know, or access the microphone at any time. And we're talking about, you know, back doors for the government. Of course, the, the same thing they say is true with uh, your computer. Uh, they have the ability to come in through a back door and, you know, basically get an eye, literally, of uh, your home, you know. So uh, that's what scares me is what is in our technical infrastructure that has been put there that we do not even know, that we haven't even come to find out yet. Oh, so you're and, talking about the subconscious part of it. <laughs> well, I'm talking about that, and I'm also talking about the NSA. You know, how far how far exactly have they gone in order to get data on uh, Americans? In other words, have they gone as far as implanting you know, everything they can into a device before they start trying to implant uh, things within the human body. Yeah. And uh, what's, what concerns me more than anything is the fact that I can I know that from a healthcare standpoint, eventually you're going to have to have a some sort of a chip that keeps up with all your medical records where it's with you 24-7 everywhere you go, and it's also going to act as your banking or where they automatically withdraw from your your banking, uh, your checking account. So in other words, there's no more money. Everything's already uh, done electronically. Now it's just bits and bytes. You know, there's no currency. I mean... Carol knows this. I mean, I know Carol's, you know, talks about it a lot because she's seen it as far as, you know, the, the documents saying that uh, the New World Currency, what is called uh, Bancor, go look up B-A-N-C-O-R, and you'll find out what the new economy is going to be. It's called Bancor. And What's wild is that you go out and steal and you find out there's a bank called Bank Corp. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, man, uh, time's about up. It's good to get back on again. It's good talking. Yes. And, <clears throat> Enjoyed uh, it. Yeah. Uh, and got to discuss a lot of things, and I hope everyone got something out of it, although we you know, mostly rant and ramble. At least I do, uh, but uh, I had a had a good laugh, and that's what I needed. And so, please, you know, join us. We'll be here uh, next Thursday. Do our damnedest to be here. So, uh, please join us in, and and you can catch us on Facebook. I'm uh, Michael Nunnally, and otherwise known as Sir Templar. And of course, you have Brent Mumlin. Uh, my co-host and producer on the other end, so by all means, uh, hit us on Facebook. And we'll talk to you guys later, and God bless. Take care. Have a good one, Mike. You too.